And we are live. You sure about that, Will? I hope so. You have any proof to suggest well, that that's the case? The big old live button right here. Is it red? It says end stream, actually. That's don't terrifying. Press that. That's scary. Uh, listen, we've, uh, we've uh, landed on a scenario here in an attempt to satisfy all parties. Uh oh. Sounds so corporate. You know what I mean? Like you're in a meeting or something. Uh huh. Because, like, there's so many different ways to do live on YouTube. And I think the more that we do it, I think it's only natural that you're inclined towards experimentation. And uh, there's too many options. There's a lot of options. So anyway, not in a bad way. Anyway, I think this is ideal, though, is what we do is we have the uh, scheduled event. We have the scheduled event. It actually sounds like very calming. Scheduled event. Yeah. I'll see you later at the scheduled event because people are busy and then and then you can select your notifier as you see fit and you can still chat and suggest things and so forth but we have a couple suggestions actually from the pre-chat that was happening on top of the scheduled event which are in the show today mm. so anyway that's where we're at right now we may have a a shorter kind of condensed pre-show thing after that but it was just too messy going to the full video but I was telling Will uh, prior, we're here for the people. We, we need to give the people what they want. Ultimately, that's our job. It's our duty. And it's certainly our daily task. And uh, we love this show, so we want it to flourish. Mm -hmm. And if that means modifying our behaviors in order to be as helpful as possible, we are totally, utterly, exclusively down for that. Hot tub streaming? <laughs> Let's go. Whatever the community needs from us. One yeah. thing we won't do is box each other. Yeah. Because no touching of the face. We're not trying to harm each other yeah. in that kind of way. Not over here. Not in this little corner of the internet. Mm. This is a warm place. It's a warm place in a cold world. Oh. Although it's not that, it's still not that cold here. And I can tell you because we've been trying to build that outdoor rink and the thing keeps melting every five oh, seconds. Right. It's at three above again over here. And I'm talking Celsius, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much to everybody who's joining us here today. There are many things to talk about. Uh, lots to do, lots to say. Obviously, the biggest story at the moment is about these new uh, MacBook Pro models. Yep. People are all fired up in the Apple world. Because we haven't had any new uh, product announcements in a while, and that's what people are looking forward to. It's either what people are looking forward to or what people are getting angry about because 2023, you know, 2023 sure, yeah. is going to be the year of difficult excitement, I think, when it comes to consumer electronics and purchasing things in general, electric cars uh -huh. and so forth. It's going to be... Uh, baited breath. People are going to be holding their breath and people are going to be a little bit more conservative with their spending. That's what I think, Will. Yeah. I think people are going to be looking for value in 2023. Mm -hmm. So mid-range. I think so. And if people are looking at these MacBook Pros, I think they're going to be looking at maybe not necessarily specking them out all the way. Maybe they're going to be looking for value for money in 2023. Mm -hmm. That's the name of our channel in 2023 is value for money. Yeah. 
Because this show uh, offers a tremendous value for money. Yeah, for free. <laughs> is it really free? Is anything free, Will? Well, I mean, you no. have to pay for attention. They got to pay for bandwidth. Oh, right, yeah. They we got to do that. Well, that was another well, they do. That was another criticism of the extended pre-show was I'm I'm a type that downloads the show because I have a shoddy connection, so I download the show mm -hmm. and I listen on the train. Then they had to download an hour's worth of pre-show. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> See what I mean? We like, didn't think about that. No, you can't think about all of it, man. We we need the community. We need the um, input to, to, to give us all these all this feedback. Yeah. Although you never want to say feedback in a studio with microphones and headphones, do you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a big no-no. It's usually not a good thing. But in the, in the case of the community, it's a great thing. Uh-huh. We run on feedback. Feedback is our run fuel. On fumes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> feed the fumes yeah. of uh, previous feedback. Feedback loop. Hmm. Interesting. Yes. Thank you very much to everybody joining here today. And the biggest news has been these MacBook Pros, at least in the last two days in the tech world. They are expensive. They are extremely powerful. They might be more powerful than. Well, what you might need, that's something to consider as well. I was peeking at that new MacBook Air the other day, and I'm like, man, this is like the best laptop for most people, for a lot of people. Mm. And there's interesting things happening outside of the Apple landscape that are uh, possibly more exciting in the sort of convertible realm. Apple recently, the discussion came up, hey, maybe they're going to do touchscreen stuff. Well, none of that is happening here. Not yet. It is still very traditional, the presentation. And listen, some people are into that, too. They're like, just give me a laptop and shut yeah. the hell up. I want a laptop and I want it to do everything. I want it to edit the videos. I want it to uh, compile the code. Compile the code, please, laptop. Do me a favor. Compile my code. I'm speaking to you, chat GPT. M2 Pro and M2 Max, supercharged, big price tags, and uh, some what? What do we have? Some 2024 updates. Uh, what is this supposed to do? This is supposed to stop you from upgrading right now? Is that what these stories exist for? Yeah, I would say so. Well, it's a very 2023 concept that we will help you legitimize your decision to not spend money on one of these new macbook pros by suggesting that in 2024 they're going to be that much better with m3 pro and m3 max chips and ming chi kuo is already talking about it. i feel like he has this stuff just really timed out i think he has a notifier set yeah. what he does is he waits for the new product and then he immediately releases his rumors on the next one mm -hmm. because there's enough people that are looking for justification to not put the credit card down yeah. They're saying, you know, I'm going to pay off this debt instead because I'm going to wait till 2024 because Ming-Chi told me to. Well, why might you wait till 2024? Because M3 Pro and M3 Max uh, will be built on TSMC's 3 nanometer process. That's why. So it's going to be even, it's going to take you to space, essentially. Mm. That's what's going to happen. This next version will uh, land on Mars. Yeah, it MacBook, runs chat GPT. It's, that's right. MacBook Pro models with the uh, M3 and M3 Max. M3 Pro and M3 Max chips will go into mass production in the first half of 2024, according to Quo. Uh, TSMC's guidance, 3 nanometer, will contribute 
uh, revenue starting. So he read into TSMC's reports in order to uh, extract the intel that they're going to be making all this revenue on the three nanometer and they're producing for Apple. And therefore he can mm-hmm. figure out that, you know, what you're going to be looking, looking at in M3 versus M2. M2 is currently built on five nanometer introduced today, mass production kicking off next generation. You could expect those new models in the first half of 2024 with an announcement in the spring between the spring and WWDC. So that's, there you go. I just, myself and Ming Chi just told you that you can wait. Mm-hmm. You don't need the new Mac. And people are, you people are probably yelling, saying, I waited, I waited too long already, Lou. Yeah. Need this new MacBook Pro. And you might, but you, you might. might not. I think it's important for people with like mid, mid-range devices, you know, like a, yeah. MacBook that works pretty well for their daily. They don't have to upgrade for the uh, with the M2. They could just wait another year. I feel like it's a good solid choice just to wait. Which which unit have you been using recently? M1? M1, yeah. M1. The 13-inch. And you're constantly in, on a timeline exporting all types of clips on that same unit? Mm-hmm. And are you feeling, God damn, I need M2? Pro? Max? I don't think so. You're not the guy saying that. No. And so, I mean, I'm sure there's a user out there that, that is really looking for performance improvements here, but I'm really starting to think that things are plateauing when it comes to the, the use case, at least for people in video. Mm. That's something I'm noticing. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember, dude, it wasn't that long ago where we were ordering up Specked out Mac Pros to increase export times and mm. stuff is flying right now and it's flying on the portable side. Three nanometers. It's that flying. sounds so cool. The nanometers are flying, yeah. dude. Development on augmented reality Apple glasses postponed indefinitely. Oh God, you never like to hear the word indefinitely, do you? Mm. That sounds like forever. Like if somebody were to say to you, Will, uh, we're, this is your favorite restaurant, and they're like, we're closed indefinitely. And yeah, it's almost like, worse than scrapping the project. Like just, just, you know? just, yeah, what do you mean indefinitely? Because it's unknown. Do it definitely. <laughs> At least be definitely. Apple has paused development on the augmented reality Apple glasses that it planned introduced after its mixed reality headset reports Bloomberg work on the product has been postponed because of technical difficulties. Rumors suggest that Apple wanted to develop a pair of lightweight augmented reality glasses. It would be similar to Google Glass smart glasses. The glasses would provide digital information overlaid on the real world rather than offering immersive virtual experiences like AR VR. But Apple has not been able to develop the necessary hardware to produce a lightweight wearable that has the power of an iPhone and enough battery life to run it. So they want it to be an iPhone on your face and iPhones are heavy. Mm. You know, if Apple does it, they're going to want it to be elegant. And when we start thinking about AR, if you start thinking about, well, even Google Glass for that matter, like anything in this region of the face, Anything you're wearing, for that matter, mm. you're, you're just so cognizant of the, the form factor, the weight, the pressure points. This is a sensitive part of your body. Would you agree? 
I agree. And it shouldn't look like this, I believe. I don't think people will accept this. It shouldn't the, the it, look of it. It shouldn't look like this will believes. Do, do you have an alternate uh, drawing product design? I'll draw something, but it should look like glasses. Just regular it glasses. It should look like regular glasses. Yeah. I think we're in agreement. And some companies have aimed to sort of tackle that. And if you look hard enough, you can tell, hey, there's something funky going on with those glasses. In most cases, in most products that we've uh -huh. seen to this point, Apple might want to make something that is truly indistinguishable from uh -huh. modern uh, glasses when so they start to consider their a AR headset. Maybe it is good for them to actually postpone it indefinitely. Indefinitely? Yeah. Well, it, you're right. I mean, I assume they wouldn't. If they had some killer product that was ready to go, they would. Sure. Why not? Go sell it. And you maybe they just need to wait for smaller components. Eventually, they could be waiting a long time. You, yeah, you might not. We keep hearing similar things with the Apple car. They're like, we're, we're rushing. It's going to be done by whenever. And then they're like, ah, we're going to hold off on that. Apple initially wanted to release the Apple glasses in 2023 before delaying the project to 2025. According to Bloomberg, Apple employees do not believe that Apple will ever ship AR glasses, according to sources close to the matter. I don't know. It's hard to say ever, which is probably why the headline here says indefinitely. Mm -hmm. Ever is really hard to say in the tech space. It might be the thing everybody wants in a dozen years. But... This is a type of technological miniaturization that we just haven't seen in, in a while. To, sh to shrink things to that scale, mm -hmm. an iPhone in the frame of your regular-looking glasses or iPhone-like power. Obviously, you don't need the display and other components. Mm -hmm. Maybe less battery because of it, but whew, those capabilities in the glasses you're wearing right now, Will... Oh, baby. That would be it, actually. It's, but it is That's one the of, end game. It is one of those things when you see that in its final form, hmm. it wears off on you and you become accustomed to it. And you're like, mm -hmm. yes, of course. Yeah, it makes sense. We are humans. We make amazing things. And we all wear these glasses now. Yeah. In whatever it is, 20 years. Uh -huh. Just a little, another alternative here. With the headset. Oh yeah, well this this seems to be where they're putting their focus. They're like, all right, a, they they're like we can do the VR headset, which also will have some AR in it, but it's going to look like goggles. It'll look like Quest, and like they're showing it off here with a kind of almost the design looks AirPods Max inspired, hmm. with that little metallic piece and the shape of the headband, and then like some of the finishes. I see the fabric uh, around the eyepiece reminiscent of the perforated looking mm. colorful materials on the airpods Mesh. max however i feel it is even more imperative here to get that weight as low as possible mm -hmm. which is uh I, I believe i've read in the past an aim of theirs using textiles and so forth uh this one is apparently gonna gonna be priced at what uh, three grand three thousand so in the early stages it's going to be focused primarily on developers or power users and such it's not going to be targeted at at everyone in and mass market but you you could imagine that that thing will trickle down at some point mm -hmm. another new apple product this was more of a stealth or sleeper 
type scenario uh, in the uh, announcements. I didn't even notice it. It was actually a submission via the chat as well during the scheduled event chat, which is yeah. kind of like a pre-show, but I don't know if you don't call want to call it a pre-show, whatever it was. I actually can't remember who sent the chat, and now I feel very upset about that. Uh, maybe if I look backwards, I can... Uh, maybe I'll just shout out a bunch of people here. Optimus Prime, Lonely Loner, William Bowden. Please keep uh, submitting your cool stories here. Harry Solomon, Stosh M. Anyway, uh, somebody submitted this in there. And it's about the new uh, HomePod the, or the HomePod returning. Apple's larger HomePod returns with upgraded audio and more smart home tools. It did seem like a blind spot. It seemed strange that Apple wouldn't have a smart speaker in this day and age when the vast majority of their competitors seem obsessed with smart speakers, like mm-hmm. promoting it, giving them away, um, voice assistance. Although Apple hasn't been dominant in this particular category, Siri hasn't been particularly dominant in this category, you still felt this is a thing you best be working on. And on their webpage, they're calling it all new. All new HomePod order now available starting 2-3. That's February 3rd. They put out a little film for it as well. So apparently we have better fidelity audio here. They, of course, are also always advertising their version of privacy and security, which is frequently suggested as superior to the likes of Amazon and Google and so forth. Uh, so maybe some people, there's some points associated with that. Obviously, there's a big ecosystem component, too. If you have an iPhone and an iPad and an Apple TV, you're like, just give me the smart speaker from Apple. And theirs does take a slightly different approach in the sense that it is a big unit and it's it's an emphasis on sound. It's available in two colors, you have uh, midnight or white, and then you've also got that display on the top section. It comes with six months of Apple Music for free with the with the uh, home pod what do they say as far as specs are concerned can you click on tech specs for me so size and weight that's interesting it's uh six and a half inches tall five and a half inches wide so it's that's like kind of like book bookshelf ish mm. definitely not competing with the mini type speaker units it's 5.16 pounds so also, it is portable, but really maybe not intended to the same extent as the truly portable ones. But this is sound we're talking about, and sound is always going to benefit from scale mm-hmm. pretty much 100% of the time. Four-inch high excursion woofer, a- array of five horn-loaded tweeters. <laughs> You're an audio guy. Are they good? No, no. I just like the idea the of a. Horn? I like the idea of a five horn loaded tweeter. Yeah. F- or five horn loaded tweeters. Yeah. Uh, you know. Horn. I mean, you strike me as a horn loaded guy. Really? You like to keep the horn loaded. Each tweeter with its own neodymium magnet, internal low frequency calibration microphone. I would love to write these little mm. spec sheets. Automatic bass correction, advanced computational audio with system sensing for real-time tuning, room sensing, spatial audio. There are some things that Apple is doing that's kind of cool. 
I just need Siri to get up to that level. Mm. Uh, multi-room and airplay, incredibly convenient. I need Siri to get up to that level. I hear you. Um, so I'm yeah. still waiting to become friends with Siri. It hasn't happened yet. Are you friends with Siri? No. Are you friends? I'm with, working on it. Are you friends with Google Assistant? Yeah, we're homies. Okay. Well, see, that, that tells you what you need to know. People in the chat, you can let me know. Are you friends with Siri, Google Assistant? Is it Alexa? Is Alexa your best friend? Let me know. I'm curious. Yeah, availability, I did say, but I'll reiterate February 3rd. You can order it now. It's 399 Canadian. So I yeah. assume it's 299 US. But yeah. that's okay. It's all right, Will. People will get all to the right. bottom of it. Amazon's Jeff Bezos paid $3 billion with the hope he'll live longer. What a headline. Here's the problem. Well, I, paid is probably, there's probably a little finesse there because I believe this is an investment. Jeff Bezos made a large investment in biotech startup Altos Labs one year ago. And what's three billies to a guy like Bezos? We already know Bezos stands for billies, mm-hmm. which is working to cure aging. Alpha, Alphabet Inc. co-founders Larry Page and Sergey Brin are also funding research uh, into prolonging death. Ooh, talk about big business. About prolonged death, sir? Uh. Pony up. Rejuvenation no longer just for the human face, but possibly the human race. Face, race, bars, freestyle. Not for the human race. Not for the human face. For the human race. This technology has been developed by this biotech company. Apparently can uh, extend the lifespan of mice by 7%. What do you want to pay me for seven points on your life? Three billion, apparently. Oh, you got stuff to get done? You want to go make amends? You have apologies that you uh, have to distribute to people? Yeah. You want to go shake some hands? You got a bucket list? Here's what I'm going to charge you for seven points on your lifespan. That sounds like a bargain, actually. Although the breakthrough hasn't been peer-reviewed, San Diego-based Rejuvenate Bio claims it has been successful in reprogramming the genes of small rodents, causing mice to live an average of 18 weeks longer following the treatment than the control group, according to MIT Technology Review. What could this mean for humans? Oh, I don't know. Mice are kind of like humans. Figure out the cell situation with us. Slow down the aging make it expensive what happens will some people live longer than others it's like everything else would you and what's gonna happen when the billionaires live longer than the general public it's i was watching what was i watching i'm watching some show where the lifespan is different for different they're like oh the was it the witches or something they live for 300 years vampires what about in star wars don't isn't yoda for how many thousand is he a couple thousand years old so the wisdom the wisdom's out of control he's just toying with everyone else yeah you ready for bezos to toy with you or your or not to toy with you to toy with your offspring because he's seen it all he's been here for two thousand years yeah about when bezos is bezos turns into yoda 
I wonder if he looks the same. He's green and he's swinging sabers, and you're not ready for that. You're just out there on Tatooine. I'm still alive. I don't know. You're offspring. What's a Star Wars plug? I don't know. You're offspring. I, wh- what else do people live long? What about in your Game of Thrones? Those dragons must have been old. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're pretty old. So, listen. Or who knows? Maybe everybody gets access. Maybe it's like everything else. Like smartphones, the cost comes down. I don't know. We, we want to look at it that way. Over time, the cost comes down. But imagine you get to a point of like price per day, price per minute. Uh, go, can you go in there and just, I need that gene treatment. I need a week. I only need a week. Come on, doctor. Give me a week, doctor. Give me a week. They're like, you're a little late on your payments. And is it like a shot? What is it? What do you think? Oh, it's a therapy of sorts. Suppose, for example, we had a kind of vaccine for the pandemic of age. The pandemic. Potentially exacerbate all the kinds of existing inequalities that we have. The longer you're around, the more wealth, the more your wealth compounds and the wealthier you are. That's right. You're just making all these investments and that's one way to look at it. But could we also maybe we could look at at the other way and just say, no, 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 actually, it's going to get distributed to everyone. Everyone's just going to live longer. It's going to be super cheap. Well, why are you looking at me like that? Would you do it? What if it's just 7%? Some people are saying it could be a subscription service. $4.99 a month. Yeah. Uh, guys, I got to cancel my Netflix. I'm dying too fast. I got to slow it down. What if the max is 7%? Well, listen, is if we not, just... Isn't that... That's not too bad, If we it? just look at it for the technology, then there should be some appreciation. It's pretty, it's pretty cool that if we could like yeah. freeze aging like slow it down that's pretty cool and so i know everything has to be political and everything else it's 2023 and it's just the way things are but just look at the technology and say damn as humans oh damn we're so crafty yeah like slowing down death itself uh-huh <sighs> mother nature imagine 70 percent became 70 percent or sorry seven percent became 70 percent yeah i wonder at which point people would start slowing it down right from the age of maturity because your brain is still developing and such what happens where would you lock yourself will what age would you if you could just freeze it and be like you know what i'm gonna spend uh i would like to spend the next 10 years at the age of 25 i don't mind 25 you were gonna say 25 or maybe like 30 but, Still a little spry. But yeah. your, your mind and experience is like is, a thousand years. This is all very uh, interesting, isn't it? Because we were talking the other day about wearing your age and how every, yeah. the way everyone treats you is different yeah. and like speaking about respect and things sure, like yeah. that. And probably the way you approach things is some in some way a consequence of age. So this is very curious. There's massive social implications, Will. What would you do? Technology and massive social implications. 7%. Come on, bud. Yeah. Well, listen, I don't even know how to price such a thing. I can't even imagine pricing such a thing. It seems priceless. What if it was free? It seems priceless, dude. The like, price of a hot dog. <laughs> Hurry up. Go. Wait, I'm getting 7% longer for a hot dog? Yeah. Yeah, obviously I'm doing that. You would? Okay. Crazy. Come on, man. It depends how experimental it actually ends up subtracting. They're like, we put the wrong one. Yeah. We actually cut you short seven. We went on the subtraction. The because, other serum. 
imagine you got people that are actually expediting their death they're like i only want like another 10 weird tesla is seeing unprecedented demand and stores are hitting new records well yeah they just dropped the prices as well so if the demand was so unprecedented then why drop the price or did you drop the price and then receive unprecedented Mm -hmm. currently experiencing unprecedented demand in the u.s following following the significant price cuts that happened last week many stores are hitting new records and inventories are dwindling uh the price cut was up to thirteen thousand dollars on model three and y vehicles in the u.s automaker tried to claim that the price cuts were due to a partial normalization of the cost of inflation but most industry experts agree that tesla needed the price cuts to create demand Mm. well and 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 there you go but i guess you could call it inflation normalization call it what you want to call it there's a that just triggered a song in my mind I think it was, I think it's by exhibit. Call it what you want to call it. I'm an expletive alcoholic. Oh. I don't, it, it might be exhibit. I might have the reference wrong. But every time I say call it what you want to call it, mm. my brain finishes the line. Straight bars right there. And the bars come out. Yeah. The bars come out to play. Uh, sources familiar with the matter told Electrek that many Tesla stores in North America had reached their new record for sales in a single week. One source familiar with Tesla sales said that the company is experiencing unprecedented demand. Okay, yeah, we, we, we already, in China, they were protesting though. I don't know if you saw that. The people who already bought are like, what the heck, man? Mm-hmm. Where's my rebate? What's interesting though is you are not like, what the heck, man? You're just like, eh. I waited so damn long, just leave me alone. Like, you're not like, what the heck? But you kind of could be what the heck, as we talked about. Yeah, I'm aware of it. But why is it not bugging you? Like, you're not at the point of sending an email. No, I'm not. And by the way, I'm not criticizing. I'm just curious. Yeah. You're not at the point of sending an email saying, hey, I just received, I just got delivery of this and you dropped it three grand. But who do I talk to? You would Like, support? I... I just feel like they don't really care. So they're, you're just they're having so much demand. You that think it wouldn't be worth the previous your time. owners? Okay. Yeah. Is, well, anyway, I'm just really I'm just curious because because I might be with you, but in China, I've seen video clips mm. of protests in the showroom yeah. where they're demanding the difference. Now, some of these people didn't even receive their cars yet. They're just let me ask you that: if you hadn't taken delivery yet, then would you ask for the deduction? Yeah, probably, actually. You're like, man, yeah. my thing is sitting. It hasn't been delivered yet, and you just lowered the price. Even though mm-hmm. you signed the previous contract at the previous price, you mm-hmm. would still... Because that's a lot of what the what the conversation was about. I'm sure there's some that just, just took delivery, then saw the price drop. But you know how it works. You have price protections. Well, I guess it's um, the deposit first. You would have to, like, cancel the deposit. It's no real contract in place until you get the vehicle and then you sign for it. Right. So... Yeah, I mean, it, it would suck, but I would definitely I mean, it goes make a stink about it So listen, if I didn't get the car. I'm sure you've heard about this when you're just shopping like on a regular site or store where they would have a 30-day price protection, as an example. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. And they would say, if this product goes below a certain, the price you paid for it over a certain period of time, <coughs> we'll honor the difference. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of what I'm talking about. I don't know if Tesla has a policy for that, but I think that's kind of what people have gotten used to. And that's fair. It's like, hey, that's too close to the time I bought it. Yeah. And I feel, I'm feeling like I missed out over here. 
Others might suggest, hey, man, you snooze, you lose, whatever. You buy, that's the price you agreed to, so shut up. But it's a couple things that actually happened to those buyers. You had the new uh, federal tax credit thing come into play, which was huge of $7,500 plus the potential of a thir- up to a $13,000 drop on Model 3 and Y, even bigger on Model S. Mm-hmm. You can be talking about a difference, a big difference in cost. Yeah, so, totally. It's kind so, of, yeah, maybe it is worth to make us to think me. about it. Kind of interesting to me. Yeah. Tesla video promoting self-driving was staged. A lot of negative stories. Today. Engineer I told you in the morning. testifies staged. Ooh, conspiracy. I'm helping you with the title right now, Will. Yeah. Conspiracy. Uh, spooked, uh, speculation, speculative. Shock. Uh, very, sh- shocking very news. Shocking, yeah. Staged is good. Staged. Okay, yeah. I'm just helping you out, Will. Right. Just so you guys know, Will has a lot of fun with the titles for, the, for these clips. And for those of you that also don't know, all this entire show turns into clips, and we appreciate everybody who uh, goes over there and watches the clips as well. Pick and choose a la carte. We like to be a la carte. Yeah. You can get the whole enchilada or you can go a la carte. Yeah. When's the last time you were at a buffet? It's been a while. You don't go to a buffet? No. Although I would like to. You don't have anything against it. No, not at all. It's just not a thing that should be enjoyed on a too frequent of a basis. Definitely not. Yeah. What do you think is your buffet once a year? Or two times a year? Two times a year. You're going two times yeah. a year. Let's spoil ourselves. And you're looking bit. around and you're putting on the plate. And uh-huh. You take what you like, don't it's you? It's very fun. You take I like what the idea. Like. Now, this. let me ask you something here about a buffet. Are you more inclined to like load up the first place or plate or do you take it easy knowing you can go back? Um, I usually take it easy. Take I do easy. testers. Of everything, Interesting. small, tiny portions. You know what? This sound like a, this sound like a life hacks. <laughs> Willie does life hacks. When yeah, you go to the yeah, buffet, take tiny amount of many things. Figure out what you like, like a sampler, and then fully load. <laughs> and then you go fully loaded. Yeah. 2016's video that Tesla used to promote its self-driving technology was staged to show capabilities like stopping at a red light and accelerating at a green light. That the system did not have, according to a testimony by a senior engineer, the video, which remains archived on Tesla's website, was released in October 2016 and promoted on Twitter by chief executive Elon Musk as evidence that a Tesla drives itself. Of course, that wasn't the case in the video clip. According to this engineer, the Model X in the video was not driving itself at the time. Ashok. Alaswamy, director of autopilot software Tesla, said in the transcript of a July deposition taken as evidence in a lawsuit against Tesla for a 2018 fatal crash involving a former Apple engineer. Ooh, definitely conspiratorial now. So they're going to have him in court for a lawsuit, and they're going to say, is this self-driving stuff really legit? And then they're going to look for any evidence to suggest that there's any kind of funny business. And mm-hmm. so they're going to look through the archives and say, in this particular ad or video clip, you implied that the car was having a behavior that it wasn't, in other words, falsely representing its true capabilities. Mm-hmm. That's what they're going to be suggesting, right? Yeah. The video carries a tagline saying, the person in the driver's seat is only there for legal reason. He's not doing anything. The car is driving itself. So it's kind of like a little disclaimer on the original clip. 
uh, demonstrating the system's capabilities. So I would assume basically what happened there is they're like, we got to film this thing. And what we're going to do... It's not 100%. We're Maybe it's 99%. We're going to fudge it for the purpose of the ad or the video, mm-hmm. knowing that eventually we're building towards that. And then, obviously, it comes out at a later date that that was in some mm-hmm. way misrepresented at the time. Uh, to create the video, the Tesla used 3D mapping on a predetermined route from a house in Menlo Park, California, to Tesla's then headquarters in Palo Alto. He said drivers intervened to take control in test runs. When trying to show the Model X could park itself with no driver, a test car crashed into a fence in Tesla's parking lot. He said the intent of the video was not to accurately portray what was available for customers in 2016. It was to portray what was possible to build in the system in the future. I get it. But the legal system is going to look into that now and use it as evidence against them. And who knows what type of settlement might be reached in such a situation. Tesla-induced pileup involved driver-assist tech government data reveals. Was this the pileup that we talked about in okay. the underpass? Yes. Recently, apparently, Just these a quick update on Teslas that. have been having issues with uh, driving the underpass, underpasses. I also noticed a separate article, which is slightly less grim, which is about uh, Tesla actually upgrading the resolution of its cameras which okay. may help in circumstances like this, using mm. five-megapixel cameras and something. So maybe they're they're working on it. Maybe they, I assume, they know some of the shortcomings yeah. uh, of their current tech. The Tesla Model S that braked sharply, triggering the eight-car crash in San Francisco. This was the viral clip, which we talked about previously on the show. Uh, it happened in November. Had the automaker's controversial driver-assist software engaged at the time, according to data the federal government released on Tuesday. So it wasn't... The driver. No. The Tesla Model S slowed to seven miles per hour on the highway at the time of the crash, according to the data. Publicly released video showed the car moving into the far left lane and braking abruptly. That was the other thing. The signal light was on. So we were curious if that was triggered by the car uh, directly or if there was user input at that right. point in time. Like we were, there's a lot of questions about the, not just the fact that it slowed down, but the way in which it slowed down. So here we have the clip back on display. And we see the car, there's a short signal, but then it, it kind of, it just stops at that point. And then the, obviously gets rear-ended and all the other cars pile up because it is a highway. And there's a th- something you don't do on a highway, Will, which is come to an abrupt stop. Mm-hmm. Whether you're doing it yourself or uh, whether autopilot is doing it. I have to be honest, though. And this is obviously the way the human mind works. Mm-hmm. You see something like this occur. So it does actually get over Another to the angle. other lane. It does try to change lanes, hit the brakes, and then that's obviously when the crash happens. The person can't slow down in time. They're coming in here hot. Here's the thing that my mind does, and I don't have all the data. I'm not sitting there in the control room. I'm not sitting there with access to Elon's data. But the thing my mind does is it sits there and says, well, now I have evidence of this one clip. And now I have evidence that the car was on autopilot at the time. And you know what I do? I say to myself, next time I'm on the highway, I don't want to follow that Tesla. Mm. So I say yeah. to myself, I just don't want to follow that Tesla too closely because autopilot's probably engaged. I'm on the highway mm-hmm. and I've seen this thing happen abruptly. Now, it is a particular circumstance with the underpass scenario. But then when we talked about it, I read the comments and other people said, happens to me on the underpass. Uh-huh. So I see the underpass and I see the Tesla in front of me. I see the underpass. I see the Tesla in front of me. It's enough to make a guy nervous. Yeah. At this point in time, justified or unjustified, statistically speaking. 
And then we always hear about phantom braking. You know? The Tesla's driver told authorities that the vehicle's full self-driving software braked unexpectedly and triggered the pileup on Thanksgiving Day. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration then announced that it was sending a special crash, inf- crash investigation team to examine the incident. Well, did they have to? They go, okay, you said that it was in self-driving. That unit, that special investigations unit, only looks at about 100 crashes per year. So they like this one. They're like, this is what we're here for, to investigate this. Full self-driving is designed to keep up with traffic, steer in the lane, and abide by traffic signals. But despite Tesla's name for it, it requires attentive human. Well, that's the other thing. What is the human level of responsibility to intervene with the autopilot system when it begins to do something unexpected? In this case, it's kind of tough. When you talk about like acceleration unexpectedly, maybe you have some runway in front of you and you have the opportunity to brake. But when the thing breaks unexpectedly, you're already nervous because you're like, does it see something I don't see? Yeah, it's there's tough doubt there. to know to override it. You're like, is there something in the street that I don't, I can't possibly see? Anyway, autopilot is amazing, truly amazing technology coming from a person who's using it on a regular basis. But the problem here is consequences in the vehicle are obviously tend to be catastrophic. Mm. So because of that, everyone's treading very lightly. And it's the reason that this clip has so much interest and many millions of views because humans are curious about emerging tech and are adjusting their expectations accordingly. Mm. We'll see what else comes out of this expectation or out of this investigation. But it does appear that self-driving was enabled Mm. during that fateful moment. Twitter says it's intentionally blocking apps like Tweetbot. Okay, this is something I wanted to talk about. Uh, I think you may have seen I put this story in. I think it was yesterday. But I've actually been hearing about this since before that. There have been people on Twitter complaining about their third-party apps no longer working as far as accessing Twitter. And at first, in the absence of some type of announcement, people were having to speculate on their own as to what the heck was going on is like is this over now bug well they were just yeah they were thinking maybe there was some sort of update push that caused their uh their particular client to stop working and many people have one client that they use so they're like ah maybe it's a problem with the client i personally still use uh tweet deck from time to time you have others like tweet bot and there's just whatever a handful of third-party apps which for one reason or another might be more convenient for people managing multiple social media accounts. Twitter says some apps aren't working because the platform is enforcing its long-standing third-party API rules. It still hasn't explained what rules apps are breaking. So they obviously looked at everything and said, hey, our API has these rules in it, and now we're just enforcing it, which is having this effect. I have seen some of the software companies that uh, develop these third-party apps saying hey sayonara see you later rip wow just giving up well i think they may have some insight that we don't officially they may have correspondence even with twitter suggesting that hey this isn't going to change and we want people on the on the real site twitter's vagueness scroll up just a little bit isn't much of a surprise given that the company dismantled its communications team as part of ceo almost mass layoffs One senior Twitter engineer reportedly told employees that third-party outages are intentional, 
but never explained why, according to internal messages obtained by the information. Situation has left both developers who make a living off of these apps and users who use them to enhance their Twitter experience frustrated and confused. While one app, TweetBot, briefly came back online over the weekend, that was only because co-creator Paul had it swapped out its API keys. This put the app in a semi-working state and allowed it to temporarily bypass the ban. And then he goes on Twitter, the lead, the co-creator of the company, and says, I want to publicly apologize to Twitter for breaking its longstanding API rule of... And then it's a bit of a troll because he puts just a line saying, I don't know where this rule is. Can you please show me this rule? However, I think it's been sort of a sketchy relationship with the third-party apps for a long time, and many social media companies and platforms don't have a healthy relationship with third-party apps because third-party apps tend to, well, alter the experience and can be bad for business in some cases uh, where they want – you're not seeing enough ads or interacting with Uh features and experiments that the company themselves uh, wants you to be using. However, I have to say I have found – third-party Twitter apps to be extremely useful and to make me more of a Twitter user. Mm-hmm. So it goes to show you that, uh, you know, to each their own, I don't know if there's a way to coexist here or to find a healthy, happy medium, but it is unfortunate anytime you have confusion and too much unknown because these people, developers and so forth, a little bit of notice here or a little, little bit of... Yeah. Uh, a little bit of leeway here, a little bit of information. It's pretty unfair. Um, but in this case, a lot of people seems to be using these third-party apps. What's Twitter's next step? You think that they should buy these apps or develop their own features? Well, Twitter in just goes in there and turns off. Because they have off. money, apparently. They just turn off the pipeline, man. They just go, oh, it's an API. Screw off, right? They don't have to allow it. I know at one point in time, Twitter themselves was working with TweetDeck. I think they may have even acquired TweetDeck and said, oh, this is just like the pro version. Uh So, but my thing is, if you're going to alienate all these people, you're going to piss off all these people, you're likely not going to go back and say, let's partner. Chances are you're working on your own version of it. And you're just saying, screw off. It's been in the API since day one. We're enforcing it now. And we'll show you the line at a later date or whatever happens to be. And there's going to be people pissed off, including users, not just developers, but users who Mm -hmm. rely on these tools or or are used to these tools and so on. Yeah. Netflix is set for its slowest revenue growth as its ad plan struggles to gain traction. Bad news for Netflix X2. Netflix has been really having some kind of midlife crisis going on. It kind of reminds me of us, Will. (laughs) On a much bigger, grander scale, but trying to figure out, uh, trying to navigate this, uh, the the complicated, just the complicated media landscape in 2023, short form, medium form, long form, streaming, free, on demand, ownership, uh, originals, Binge watching, not binge watching. It's just rapid experimentation. Comedy shows, fewer comedy shows, exclusives, exclusive licensing deals. I could go on. Mm-hmm. Competition, Disney Plus, HBO. You, you don't need me to go on. No, they're just names at this point. Revenue may increase by only 1.5%, which is its smallest gain ever. 
Netflix launched its ad-supported plan, but apparently it has not seen significant adoption. Netflix will probably post fourth quarter earnings per share of 44.44, so 44 cents, versus $1.33 in the prior quarter. Revenue is expected to climb at its lowest ever rate to 7.8 billion. Global streaming subscribers will increase by the narrowest margin in company history. Netflix faces increasing competition and cost, diminished customer spending, and an ad-supported plan that is yet to achieve subscription goals. Where is the data on the ad-supported tier? Is it in here? I hope so, because that's the curious figure for me. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Now, Netflix for a while, by the way, was expanding rapidly into new markets. Mm. That was one of the ways in which they were fighting off uh, or or just maintaining certain astronomical growth rates. Mm-hmm. So they go into India and, well, whatever, wherever they would they could go to capture new audiences and create content for that market. Do you have data for us, Will? Uh, here? The $6.99 per month ad-supported plan does not have access to all the titles. It's not, not, not enough to win over a significant number of customers in the United States and Canada, analysts say. Well, I don't know if they have an actual number on it. They just know. These analysts just know. Mm. But, yeah, Netflix doesn't necessarily represent... I remember when they suggested the ad-supported tier, and we were sitting there saying, I don't know, it's not cheap enough. If you're already at whatever it is, seven bucks or something, it's like, is it such a big deal for a couple more bucks and then get rid of the ads? Like, Or have it a free plan and then watch the ads. No, I know, but free wasn't... They weren't willing to dabble with free. They want paid plus ads because they want that revenue, hmm. right? They're, they think what will happen is they'll cannibalize the paid subscription and everyone will just say, well, free is too good to pass up. I'll cancel my subscription and just watch the ads. Plus, the user experience will eventually suffer. And also, the content partnerships they want to make with high-profile productions, those guys aren't such a fan of ads, they're like, nah, man, if you're going to have the exclusive on my movie, I want it to play for sure without ads. And so these are all these complicated negotiations that will then have to take place as a consequence. Mm. So they're in a weird zone where they got to figure out where they're going to invest their money and time. And if they need to like lean into what they're already really good at and just become comfortable with the fact that streaming can't really grow and that competition is just the nature of the thing at the moment. Or do they continue to rapidly experiment with plans and uh, ad-supported tiers and possibly also launching shorter-form content? Or, like, I don't know, right? It's probably everything's on the table at the moment because it's competition, Will. And you got to battle. you got to fight. You're in it to win it. you got to – everyone is competing for the attention of a few. And there's so many new – and motivated suppliers. And just sheer amount of content. Sheer Everywhere. amount of content. And a lot of it, as you mentioned, a lot of it free or cheap. And you sit there and think to yourself, what am I truly willing to pay for? And it's a question I would like to pass on to the audience. What are you willing to pay for? What is important to you? What are the shows and the content that you'll put your credit card down for? Because we want to know. And how committed are you to those shows? Yeah. 
you know, like how or how close are you to canceling the ones that you are paying for saying, you know what? Free content that's out there is good enough for me. It's plenty. It's lots. Abundant supply of ad supported content. I don't know. A woman receives the first ever successful transplant of a living 3D printed ear. Cool. Collaboration between doctors and U.S.-based regenerative medicine company 3D Biotherapeutics has seen the first successful implant of a 3D printed ear made from human cells. Human cell 3D printer. 3D printer, no plastic product, no like spool of variety of plastic materials, put human cells in the 3D printer. That is amazing stuff. And obviously imagine the capabilities here. Mm-hmm. You don't need a live donor to give you the body part. You don't need somebody to die or take the organ out or off. You just make one from scratch. You're like, why don't we cook one up from scratch? Betty Crocker style. <laughs> that should be their tagline. <laughs> <laughs> The transplant was one part of a larger cutting-edge effort, the first clinical trial of human cell 3D-printed grafts. This event marks a major step towards widespread artificial tissue implants and tissue engineering. Well, that's the other thing, tissue engineering. You know, they start talking about growing uh, growing your next steak, growing your next ear. Once you got human cells working in this fashion, Will, I mean, the sky's the limit over here. And when you combine it with Jeff Bezos cell treatment for elongating your life Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you got like one dead body part they're like we're gonna 3d print that we're gonna boost you up on the cell treatment wow cyborg status elon's gonna give you the Neuralink cyborg status the condition the this ear was meant to address is known as microtia or microtia which involves the underdevelopment of or entire absence of one or both ears. Around 1,500 people are born with the condition each year in the U.S. alone, and there are currently precious few options for treatment. They can't, uh, what are you going to do? There's no ear, you got to make an ear, and that's what they did in this case uh, using bio-ink. God, why does that seem so cool? Like, what do you do for a living? I'm a, bi- I'm a bio-ink artist. I like artist. to... Yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. I like to, I like to work in the bio inks. That is art, is it not, Will? Is it? Uh, or are you sure. one of these yeah. purists? Are you one of these guys? Aficionado. There's decisions to be made on crafting this ear. Obviously, you can look at the other ear, but there's there's forms, there's curves. All this is going to have to. That's be very complex, eh? Programmed in there. Yeah. Curves and then material. The material has to be thinner in some sections, thicker in others. Yeah. Come on, Will. This is very Come on, impressive. Will. Tell it, call it art, Will. All right, Give me fine. an art on that. All right. Give me an art on that. Can't deep fake that. Give me an art on that. Yeah. There's human input. It's not, this is not AI generated. Uh-huh. Give me an art on that. All right. It's artful. Artful is not the same as art. Yeah. Artful. Someone says the only good show on Netflix is Breaking Bad. I disagree with that. Some couple things over there. So you went from ear to ear wax. Yeah. Because you just like to flow like that. Last one. Earwax removal device heads to market with $8 million, $8 million funding, FDA clearance, and 
you can just tell that that's going to be a viral TikTok video when you look at that. Yeah, you right. Look at that image and you're like, hey, I just see. It's made I, for TikTok. I see TikTok slathered all over that one. Uh, the guy is wearing what look like enormous headphones, and uh, it, but it looks to be extracting a liquid-like substance from his ears. Mm. I presume there's some type of suction involved. The man clicks a button on a device settled on his ears like a giant headphone set. A motor runs, fluid flows. It's weirdly satisfying, he says, in a TikTok video that's racked up, what, what 1.5 million views or 15 million views? 15 million, 15 million views, because we're talking TikTok. Yeah. All right, play the video, Will. Let's see what you got here. Yeah. Well, this is the promo video. Uh, I, can take I want TikTok. TikTok guy's video. If you, you don't, it, yeah, if you don't mind, I I think uh, there was yeah, a link yeah. at the top there. Yeah, yeah, we need to see. Uh, please wait. TikTok's very busy right now. You have volume. I want to hear him say "oddly satisfying." Labeled left and right, it's flushing his ears out, so it's sending water in there, and then yeah, there's like a. Really satisfying. There's a top chamber and a lower chamber. He goes, really satisfying. Top chamber shoots clean or... Yeah, you load it with clean water. I and guess then clean, it probably your dis- ear. distilled probably, right? Because you got microbes and microbials and sure. I, I don't know. But And then it, it shoots in and then in the bottom chamber... After flushing it out, it shoots the dirty water. You like this kind of thing, Will. I'll give it a shot. Come yeah, on now. I knew you would. You like this kind of thing. This is right up your alley. It is a big contraption to have around. I don't know how often. You know what I think people are going to do? They're going going to do this, like. This guy's ears is. The water's brown. Well, it should be, shouldn't it? I think the other I guy. Know. I think the other guy's using it too often. See, because here's, yeah, here's that thing, too. Because that's what I think people often. are going to do. Is they're going to go, oof, oddly satisfying. And then. There's like a natural component to it like yeah. as well. Like you don't want to keep those things squeaky clean. Well, because it's going to dry it out, I would think, sure. at a certain point. And then you're going to have irritation and you might actually increase production. I think this is something you're going to use in a, uh, well, I don't know what the advice even of a medical professional would be, how often you want to be using it. He's the uh, developer says we want to be we want to essentially do for your ears what Sonic Care and electric toothbrush companies have done for teeth. <laughs> I don't know that you're supposed to be doing that as often. I don't know. The device was a blueprint. About ten percent of children and five percent of adults have excessive or impacted earwax. An estimated eight million earwax removal procedures occur annually in, annually in U.S. clinics. No, that's cool. Like not needing to go to a. Mm. Uh, doctor's office or and something and everyone it, can use it it's just water so it's probably safer than jamming anything in your ear mm. it's a lot of cool aspects to it i hope they just get the protocol in there and i'm sure they will instruction manual saying okay like you know use this one uh no more than what would you think once a week or something yeah, once a week, once a month. Once a month you're thinking not daily. You're thinking Definitely once a, yeah, so just just figure out the right cadence for use, but uh, there you go. That you know, you get the feeling these days that many of these products can launch based on TikTok campaigns alone, like viral video campaigns alone. Yeah, where it would just be like, "Hey, man, this is a good product demo in short form. In about a minute, we can show people what it does, and everyone will understand the contraption, uh. and they don't need an enormous marketing budget." 
And since they can just do it all via e-commerce, boom, orders start to fill up and everyone's wearing these headphones, just flushing those ears out. That's fun. Across the globe. I saw a chunk of something come out over there in that one. <laughs> yeah, it was oddly satisfying. But, oh, wow. And people are into weird stuff, but... Anyway, there you have it. Thank you very much to everybody who joined us here today. Truly appreciate it. Uh, yeah, work in progress. Always a work in progress. Everything is a work in progress. Everyone is a work in progress. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Keep getting better. We are trying. I need a drink. I have a drink over there. Parched. I am completely parched. Or maybe it's because I'm watching the water flush in and out of ear canals. Yeah. Maybe that got me thirsty. I. What am I talking? That's definitely not it. I've been thirsty for a while. Um, yeah. So we appreciate the support. Keep watching the show. Keep watching the clips. If you see the placeholder for the live show for tomorrow, hit the notifier, please. Anybody who wants to be a part of the pre-show, hit the notifier. You get a notification so that you can suggest topics that we talk about on the show. And I promise you it actually does happen. It is happening. And I'll all be you have in to the do chat. Is, and Will will be in the chat talking to you. So all you got to do is get there a little bit early to do that. And then people who watch the show after, you don't have to watch the pre-show. Like, oh, my God, we're solving all the world's problems. Mm. Definitely not. But we're trying to do something. We'll see what it amounts to one day. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Do appreciate you guys. Later.